to move up the consciousness cone from the very bottom to the top. Okay, so it's a series of seven things. So firstly, you have to realize it's in each area of life. So number one, number one, step number one is to balance every emotional thought you have. So their, uh, emotions or thoughts are like mosquitoes. They'll buzz around your head all night. They don't have to bite, but they, you be, they keep you awake. Yeah. So the mosquitoes of life are the ego gone, gone nuts. And the, 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 so the first step is to balance every emotion, every emotion. If you're happy, look for something to bring that down. And if you're sad, looking for something to bring that up. That's the first step. If you don't do that, if you go, oh, no, Chris. Uh, uh, like I, I coached a, 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 fort, a, a, a guy who was in tennis in the top, I think he was in the top 60 in the world. And he came to me because of depression. And I said, when do you get the depression? He goes, after every tournament, I have a week of depression. And I said, but during the tournament and pre the tournament, are there lots of parties and elations and looking forward to the game? He goes, yeah, yeah, oh, it's heaps, heaps, party after party after party. And the night after, if you get kicked out, there's all the people, other people who got kicked out of the thing, they all party and go on coke and do all this stuff. And I go, oh, wow. And I said, well, there's one way to stop the depression after the tournament is not to have the parties. Yeah. And he says, fuck you. I'm not going yeah. to play tennis and not have parties. I said, well... The best thing you do then is have your parties, have your coke, have your celebration, do all the stuff, and then book yourself a holiday house somewhere a long way away from uh, where you played tennis and have a week of depression. And he goes, oh, that's exactly what he did. So he went up to Palm Beach and bought himself a beautiful big uh, home because he's, they're quite wealthy at this level and uh, bought himself a beautiful big home. And after every tournament, he just jumped on an aeroplane uh, as soon as he got knocked out of it. Flew back, yeah. went up to his Palm Beach thing and had a week with his dog feeling like shit. Yeah. So I don't choose that world. I don't choose the elation depression world. I'd rather um, uh, have less elation and less depression. I don't like feeling depressed. But he was okay with it and he played good tennis while he was elated. So he just basically said, well, I, I, I'm not... Without the elation, I'm not a great tennis player. And, I, and he, I think that was really saying he was bored with the game. And unless there was some hyperventilation going on, like people who yeah. go to work, you know them from when that people go to work and they suddenly start drinking at lunchtime and partying after work, you know the work's gone for them. So, yeah. um, so the first step in, is, to, is to be aware of your emotional ups and downs in all areas of life. That's step number one. Step number two is to be really, really careful of the language that you use verbally outside of your own head. And the language we use outside of our own head is like when you say to someone, oh, I've got to, I've got to go, I've got to be at, um, I've got to be at the racetrack at, uh, by 12 because I'm meeting friends. Now, there's a really relaxed event where we've used a fight-flight word got to got to and have to their fight flight and those words uh, were meant to be reserved in the human brain for a frightening emergency that was about like i've got to get out the house it's burning down 
or I've got to get to hospital, I've just cut my wrist open, or I've got to get um, to the <laughs> aeroplane on time because it's leaving without me, or, or, you know, like they are life and death and they should never have been triggered. But each, each got to statement or each have to statement triggers adrenaline. And we've got about an hour a day of adrenaline in our body, about an hour. And if we say got to, I would say that it triggers adrenaline and you, you use up about 10 minutes each time. I don't think adrenaline releases in, in, in minutes. I think it releases in chunks. And I think it lasts about 10 or 15 minutes of availability. So if we say four times in a day, got to, boof, adrenaline's gone. And there's a one hour of adrenaline. And then if we say got to a fifth time, that petrol is coming completely out of, um, out of a food or sugar or coffee or, or someone else's disposition. We're praying, we're vacuuming, we're, we're plug, it's like those aeroplanes in the sky that refuel. We're plugging into somebody else or something else for juice. Now that's just death on a stick because all those things we plug into after four shots of adrenaline a day are, are life defeating. They make us fat, old, tired, sick, worn out, cancerous, bruised. They give us uh, colon troubles. They give us digestive problems. They give us migraine. They give us uh, brain tumors. They give us fucking everything. So every time we go into polarity, into the ego, more than to the extreme bottom of the ego, right? We're talking about the bottom got to. Every time we go into that, we tap into adrenaline. We've only got four, an hour a day of adrenaline. And if we do it more than four times, we got, we've, we, we've got to get uh, juice from somewhere else. And it's usually someone else. It's usually from in the mouth. Uh, we we um, eat it or drink it. We either, or we grab on to a fear of loss, which is greed. So we grab on to someone or something and hold on to it with sheer fear. So in other words, look at me, look, look what I've got and I'm not letting you have any of it. Or we try to use the mouth, which is sex. Oh no, sorry, that's, oh, I got the two mixed up, wait a minute. <laughs> or, and last one, we try and meditate, which people, you see them down in Bondi Beach doing the, Huff and puff breaths, and the, and the, what's his name, the Ice Man, you know, sitting in buckets of water, Wim Hof, and all this bullshit. Why? Because they've said uh, got to more than four times in a day, and they've run out of human, natural, organic spirit petrol. They've used up their tank. Yeah. Right. So the next level up is religious should, and you go. So once. If you're talking about the language step of working up to consciousness, kind, you go to you hear yourself say "should," which is really really nice to have. And I think we need to be saying it's good to say "should." We need to have about ten commandments for ourselves. I should do this and I shouldn't do that. Those ten commandments that we have are basically how we give ourselves a bit of a moral compass to engage in the world. But, but we can't be motivating ourselves with, you should have done this and you should have done Like I hear parents say, you should clean your room. That's not a fucking commandment. That's, that's an expectation. That's a piece of tra tra trash. If they say, you should try to be as um, uh, honest with yourself as possible. 
I, I, I get that you should try and be uh, strong and authentic. You know, there are shoulds yeah. that you can pass on, but there couldn't be, there shouldn't be too many shoulds, <laughs> right? I think yeah. six or seven might be a nice, and write them down and have them as your ethical, moral thing, and that's, that's the boundary. And the need to is becomes the emotional side of ourselves. We need to gratify that, but not yeah. become addicted to it. And then when we hear the new age and people doing self-help and counselling and therapy and uh, all this sort of stuff, which is or HR at work, it's all in all of it's in the need to department. And it all fails because it believes the human condition has a f- fixed fixed um, fixed uh, 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 appetite for what it needs but it's completely wrong because if they say you're a Maya Brig type so and so you need to do this or you're a Sid uh, type you need to do that or you're an A type personality you need to do this this is completely f- fictitious shit because if you satisfy one need you generate two more so it's a it's an infinite Bullshit. So we need to tighten our rein on our emotional neediness. And there is a degree of gratification of that. We need uh, the basics. You know, we need to belong to a community. We need uh, some sense of security. We need to have a friends. We need to have uh, some sense of self. We need to have uh, healthy food. We need exercise. And you just draw up a need list for yourself. And there should be, a, I would say it'd be wise to have about five real heavyweight things that govern all areas of life. These are my needs. Or one for each area of life, if you want to make it even easier. And then uh, we go into want, which, which is what Maslow in his hierarchy called self-actualization. Now, we are talking now at the epitome of uh, uh, confusion because at a want level of life the ego is in control it's called an open heart so when we say my heart is open to you it means I'm being self-actualized but it's my ego that's being gratified it's really confusing because for most people if you ask them to define what is my what is my spirituality? What is my, where am I totally spiritual? They're actually defining their ego. <laughs> yeah. I'm at peace. I feel good about myself. I'm on purpose. I, I'm doing what I want. This is what I want from the life. This is how I connect with God. This is how I connect with nature. That's totally egocentric. A hundred percent. And yet they will say in the same sentence, Oh, and the ego is really bad, but look where I'm at. I'm at where I want to be. No, no, you're just in a higher level of ego, not quite so anchored in materialism, not totally living in a cave in the Himalaya. It's a nice place to find that want level, but it's ego. It's still polarized. The pendulum is still swinging from side to side, right? You're only three quarter or two thirds the way up the pyramid. It's still a big bloody wrecking ball. It goes from, I've got what I want, I haven't got what I want. I'm worried about the future, I'm worried about the past. You know, it's still swinging. Yeah. To get beyond that and go up and up and up is the third step, which is self-talk. What do you say to yourself on a daily basis? So what we've done is we've talked about 
balancing emotion, we've gone to the second level, which is um, balancing the verbal expression, what you, del- what you deliver to the world. I've, I've got to get to the post office. The third level is how you talk to yourself. Yeah. And if you talk to yourself in a state of love, you'll say three things to yourself. You'll say, I know you, you can do this. In other words, you talk as a second person, as if God was talking to you. You can do this. You can say, you know how to, how to do this, which is uh, the first one's motivation. The second one is instruction. And the third one is, well done, you did it. Now, this is, a, a, this is like if, if there was such a thing as a God or a, a higher self or a inspirational self or the universe, if there is such a thing or if the Mother Nature or as we do in the Himalayas, uh, Mount Everest, which is a goddess, if they talk to you, they talk in, in three languages. Motivate, instruction, reward. And we can pretend that these three voices are coming from the never-never, you know, sent from an angel or something on high or some person out of a body, but really it's our self-talk. We are, yeah. we are the governor of this three. This three. And if yeah. we talk to ourselves, you're a dickhead or you're going to fail or you, you fucked up or you did this, you did that, we drive ourselves down the pyramid to the bottom, right down to the bottom. So this voice is the only thing that can bring you up the, 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 the consciousness cone, up to non, non-ego, up to a state of grace or inspiration or purpose. It's the only thing that can bring you up. And ultimately, uh, what it's called in the big wide world of self-help, it's called gratitude. Because when you say, you can do this, you know how to do this, and well done for doing it, there are three states of gratitude. There are three subdivisions of gratitude. And how you get from the bottom of the consciousness cone to the top, when you're in the middle of the thing, is gratitude. But it's not just, thank you to God for the flowers in the garden, or thank you for the barbecue... No, 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 no. It's you, it's you, it's you. You have to talk to you. It talks to you. So you become God. You become that outer voice and you express it through language. So if there was an outer voice and it did come from God or the universe or somewhere else, it wouldn't speak fucking English for God's sakes. So because it might be born in Italy. But what it, so it will come as an energy. Your job is to translate that energy into self-talk. And the way you do that, that self-talk, is you, you talk in a you-ism. You say, you, you can do this, you know how to do this, da-da-da, or well done, you did this. And that you become the translator of the outer voice to the inner voice and you speak to yourself. And that brings you up the consciousness cone. But if you say, you dickhead, you asshole, you fucked up, or you didn't do this, if you talk to yourself like that, you're treating yourself like an animal or a monkey or an emotional dickhead, and you go down because it's ungrateful thinking. Yeah. 